We go and grab a quick bite. We watch a movie, then fight. We're the Fast Food Film Friends. You're listening to Fast Food Film Friends, the show recorded on a picturesque Swedish countryside farm where two guys in flower crowns who eat and drink at exactly the same moments chat about the likelihood of Burger King soon changing its name to Burger and Taco King. Here's hoping. This week we'll be talking about Midsommar, the new film from Ari Aster, who directed last year's breakout horror hit Hereditary, mm-hmm. while eating Burger King's new crispy tacos. Crispy tacos from BK. Who'd have thought? Is it just me, or do you feel like fast food chains are trying to kind of uh, kind of trying to get into somebody else's lane a little bit? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they don't. They're getting out of their niches. Well, I think uh, the world's in chaos, so I think the fast food restaurants are just saying, you know what? Let's go for it. Just we can buy some fine. tortillas. And grind up some burgers, and then you know what? Look at that. We're the same. Burger King is the masters of everything else they do, so they should obviously branch out. They are the worst at everything. I like their fries personally, but their normal food is just such trash. Such trash. I will say, we uh, just on the last episode discussed how you and I would never choose to go to Burger King. Yeah. I want to make a minor, not like redaction, but like clarification Mm -hmm. that like I kind of like their chicken sandwiches. Uh, their, their chicken breasts are not bad compared okay. to some of the other options out yeah, there. Yeah, but like their buns and toppings are always so sloppy and gross. Also, I, I will say, I, I was kind of going through like a, the list of restaurants we've done before because yeah. I was curious about like how many we've done. Did you put together restaurants? I, I do have some notes. An Excel spreadsheet. Of- and uh, I, I'll just want to remind you mm. of how much you and I loved that Burger King apple pie. Oh, I did love that apple pie. That, that was, was the best fast food dessert, I think, in the nation, probably the world uh, of all time. It's really good. It's top quality. It's Dutch. Dutch apple pie. Yes. It's a nice transition it's, it's back, imported, to, back yeah. to midsummer. Uh, very similar to the Dutch, the Swedish I've heard. Speaking of Midsommar, what's the uh, IMDb plot summary? You know, I was just going to say I'd like to read the IMDb plot summary of Midsommar. It reads uh, as follows. A couple travels to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled Midsummer Festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Now, before we even keep going, the word idyllic. Mm -hmm. Could you define that for me, Nathan? It's like, okay, you know when something is good. Mm-hmm. And then something's great. Yeah. And then something is ideal. Mm. Idyllic is a word that basically our grandparents and our forefathers used Mm -hmm. to say, you know, like, what's your, you know, idyllic uh, idea of a date night? Mm. You know? Sure. Um, So in this case, it's an idyllic retreat would be the best possible retreat. Uh, So I uh, was also an uneducated fool and thought that was what it was as well. Uh, But I thought to myself... Why, why is the why in there? You know, what's going on? I looked up the definition and it actually comes from the word idle, I-D-Y-L-L, which is a well, short poem or descriptive of uh, kind of rural rustic life, uh, beautiful picturesque episode scene or poem. And that's what idyllic means. It's, you know, very picturesque, beautiful, not optimal or the best, uh, like you and I, you know, to morons essentially uh thought but uh now this this description made no sense to me before you told me this yeah, but now i'm now. getting a picture of what this movie actually is about. exactly yeah now you know you learn something new every day speaking of learning new things that you certainly don't need to mm-hmm. from burgerking.com <laughs> the crispy taco features a crispy crunchy tortilla mm-hmm. filled with delicious seasoned beef mm-hmm. shredded cheddar cheese and lettuce all topped with just the right amount of our savory taco sauce <laughs> i guarantee it is not just the right amount. <laughs> i can guarantee it's not just the right amount of taco sauce burger king 
has just like a monkey throwing condiments <laughs> and they just like stick their food into the room for a second and whatever hits it just sticks. It's never the right I amount. I love the need to clarify. Like you could add that to literally any part of any just description of any item. Just the right amount of cheese. Just the right amount of just seasoned the right. beef. They're like, we just, I, I know that we're not usually good at this. We've nailed this one. <laughs> We've got this one. Uh, I doubt it. I do want to also clarify that Burger King was, uh, as it always is, our second choice. Today. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. we, we originally had planned on eating the atrocity, uh, the gore, gory, just ghoulish looking Cheetos sandwich. Yeah, from KFC. it's KFC's Cheetos sandwich. And it's, so this was unveiled a couple weeks ago Ugh. and it was like, as many of these, like, you know, hot viral items are, it was said that this would be a very limited time offering. Mm-hmm. And so you and I thought, we got to jump on this. Yeah. And I do still plan to do it on the show. I would love right. to bring it in here and yeah. chow down I on I want that. my house to smell like that. But, uh, yeah, I went there and they had, so, like, imagine, like, a, a drive through <laughs> menu and it's, like, just, like, one big yeah. rectangle. And there's a top part. It's, like, a thinner rectangle. It's, like, yeah. an added-on piece that has, yeah. like, one giant ad for big a single ad. thing. Big yeah, and it's whatever. Idyllic banner ad. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so that whole thing is just Cheeto sandwich. And so I imagine it's probably, like, 10 feet wide. Like, it's a really big section. And there's just a piece of notebook paper taped to it that says not available. By notebook paper, do you mean you could still see the parts where they was ripped off of the spiral? Uh, I mean, I think it was perforated. It was perforated. But there was holes. There was one. I mean, it just wrote wrote it on there. Yeah. And then I... What did the notes say, exactly? What did the notes say? Yeah. Not available. And so... And it was, like, covering the sandwich, but they also have some other, like, Cheetos chicken side or something. And so I... I pulled back up the drive-thru and I yeah. was like, and I go, are all of Cheetos things unavailable? And then I said, is it every KFC in the region? Yeah. Unfortunately, the answer to both those is yes. That guy doesn't know that. No, she, I mean, she she actually provided me quite a bit of information. I was, you would expect it to be like a person who's just kind of clueless and doesn't mm. really know, but she said. Well, that's that very mean to fast food workers. They, uh, based on my experiences <laughs> in the last few weeks, I expect very little from the people who I ask questions to in the yeah, drive-thru. That's fair. But uh, she told me that like their shipment of the actual Cheetos. I mean, I don't like. Are they using something that's not just Cheetos? Because I feel like go to the store and get Cheetos. Get some Cheetos. But I'm on a fucking chicken sandwich. But they have a shipment of whatever Cheetos material they yeah. need oh, well, that sure won't be here for two weeks. I'm sure there's some sort of Cheetos based sauce uh, that they're going to be putting. on. I think there is because it looks real yeah. drippy. Every picture yeah. I've seen of it looks like it's soaked in some sort of radioactive that's orange true. sauce. You're a far more uh, empathetic. But I mean, than we I can go grab a bag of Cheetos, get a chicken sandwich, <laughs> blend them up with some water. <laughs> And then go to town. Oh, my God. That reminds me. I, when I was in middle school in health class, you ever just ring a bell? That you ever, I really don't think every, it's going to ring a bell. Uh, I know every time I tell a story about like my hometown, you just provides <laughs> a worse and worse shit. image. It's like Hawkins, Indiana. <laughs> it's worse. There you go. Um, the activity was called Chunks and Floaties. And what it was is that we had an entire class of kids, and we were winning about STDs. Oh, of course. And... They, we, each had, we, we each them. had a Dixie cup mm-hmm. filled with water. Oh my god! And, I'm so grossed out by it. We'll and this you just wait. <laughs> All, and so I think it was like a class of maybe twenty to thirty kids. Mm-hmm. And so two of the kids yeah. had some kind of like invisible dye, some kind of like agent in their water that, like, when it was later mixed with the second agent, would mm-hmm. then change colors. Okay. So, but like most of the kids did not have that. Yes. Then. We all ate a few Cheetos, mm-hmm. and then with the Cheetos in our mouth, spit them into our cup. Gross. So you had Cheeto water yeah. in your cup. As, as you want. Yep. You then 
you, you were required to like five times you had to go up to somebody and exchange some of your Cheetos water with them. And then everyone sat down. Yeah. And then we added the second dyeing agent into everyone's cup and saw that most people had the color now. Yeah. This whole thing was to illustrate how easily STDs spread. The the Cheetos were completely yeah. pointless. Why the Cheetos? You could do the water. It's just the entire, disgusting yes, visual. That's the whole point is to gross kids out about oh, sex. Oh my god. You're that's you God. This Do is they the ban stuff? dancing in like middle school or high oh, school for you? That's funny you say that no. because <laughs> no. we part no. of our PE curriculum oh, was God. line dancing. Oh, we had to do that for like a month. You're that far PE. south where you're line dancing. Huh? It, it's weird. The actual town itself is it doesn't feel like a southern town at all, yeah. but like line dancing is required. There, there was nowhere you could like go to line <laughs> dance. Like there wasn't like oh yeah on the weekend we'll go out yeah. to the old sock hop and line dance, mm. but um. Yeah, there were people who... I want to make it clear that they don't line dance at sock hops, and that was, uh, you know, it's much more about poodle skirts and things like that, like twirling. There were people uh, in my PE class who, their parents exempted them from the line dancing thing, because (laughs) as, like, 14-year-olds, that was a little too much. Wow. And so they had to... You don't even touch people in line dancing, do you? I mean, barely. Like, you have, like, arms interlocked and shit, but, like... Well, if you've Those seen pe- floats and Cheetos, you know you know how you know floats one and, thing leads to another. Floats and sinkies, chunks and floats. <laughs> chunks and floats. Oh my god! Such a gross name. Oh my god! Anyway, so the people who were exempted from dancing was like two people. Yeah. <laughs> then they had to do a regular workout, and so you would think like, okay, send them outside, do some other thing, like just like. You don't have to, like, embarrass them. Yeah. We're on the gym floor dancing, and they had to work out on the gym stage, which is where all the workout <laughs> equipment was, while we were dancing. I love They're it. They're just, like, quietly doing weights. Pumping, pumping iron. And we had to watch them while we danced. That is, uh, your school seems like a joke. <laughs> I'm still, like, 90% sure that your hometown is entirely made up, and you've just been telling me <laughs> false stories. Every time I look back on a childhood memory, I realize how ridiculous <laughs> the things that we did were. I can't imagine a high school line dancing gym class. Anyways, uh, we got, we got movies to talk about. Uh, do we? Yeah, and some food. We, b- before we get to all of that, yeah. um... Do you want to bust out some nimble news? I can do some nimbies. Nimble news. So if you're a listener of our show, you know that nimble news is the part of the show where we review all things new as quickly as we can do. That mm-hmm. means new music, shows, purchases, experiences, or even new food or movies that we don't have time for in our main discussion. But if you're a new listener to our show, now you know that. Yeah. Kevin, are you ready? I'm ready. Go. I accidentally stumbled upon the website TacoBellTacoShop.com. I cannot remember who sent this to me or how I came across it, but it rocked my world. Taco Bell has an entire website dedicated to their own brand, clothing, accessories, party goods, water bottles. You can buy shirts, sweatshirts, swimsuits. I had no idea this existed. Some of them are actually very cool, like a little hot sauce packet t-shirts with a whole hot (laughs) sauce packet print. It is ugly, uh, but I'm just like, how did I not know this exists? I'm a huge... Anyways, I'm a huge Taco Bell fan, and, you know, it's uh, kind of neat. TacoBellTacoShop.com I attended a soccer match for the first time yesterday, and I learned that the most disappointing thing in life is a sporting event that ends with a score of one-to-one. You goddamn simpleton, Nathan. I was up late a couple weeks ago, browsing Netflix, when something came up called Anima. I had heard nothing about it. It had no description and looked interesting. I hit play and came to find out that it was a accompaniment to Tom York's new album, 
Tom York of Radiohead, uh, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's about 12, 13 minutes. It is one of the most striking and just amazingly choreographed videos I've ever seen. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, it was came out of nowhere. It was very strange, but was beautiful, beautifully shot, uh, super weird, uh, but kind of worth a watch if you got 15 minutes and are into artsy stuff. I recently gained access to HBO, which means that I'm finally able to catch up on countless series I've been missing out on. First up, season one of Big Little Lies. Oh, yes, Nathan. Which tells the story of five women whose lives become intertwined in the lead up to a murder. Oh, it's so good. Beyond the excellent performances, gorgeous cinematography, mm. captivating editing, and just top-notch music. The thing mm -hmm. that I enjoyed the most about the show was the way that it toys with your expectations as you watch the mystery unfold. Mm -hmm. On top of that, the finale made for one of the most satisfying conclusions I've ever seen, mm -hmm. and that's The Big Little Truth. Oh, man. I, I could kiss you right now. That was so well-written. Uh, that show absolutely blew me away. One person's performance in that show astonished me. Who's that? Guess. I would say my personal favorite was Nicole Kidman by far. Mine was Skarsgård. Yeah, I'm I mean, the two of them, yes. I had never really liked him that much and didn't think he was that good. And that role blew me away. Yeah. Blew me away. I think I, I think that they have the two best performances in that. Yes. Like, that storyline had to be handled so well, mm -hmm. and they nailed it. They did. Like, they got it so right. And yep. it's, it's incredible. It's just such a wild ride. I am very eager to start season two of that. We'll say, I don't want to like loop any judgments, but so we watched this once season two had already premiered. Mm -hmm. um, so as soon as we finished season one, we jumped right into season two, watched the first episode. And I was like, you know, I'm going to wait till the season's done and see, kind of hear people say. Mm -hmm. But my impression right now is that this should not have been a two season show. Really? I think that it was like a, a classic example, just something that should have, they shouldn't have known when to end it. And yeah. I think that. Well, what a great ending, too. That's exactly it. I think that, I mean, like to me, there's no loose end. No. Like there, and it's it concludes every person's storyline just mm -hmm. in such a satisfying way. Very and then like, and the, but the way that it starts up in season two, just from the one episode that I saw, was it almost kind of feels like some of that closure we got kind of didn't really mean much mm -hmm. because, and I, I get like, of course, in real life, even life if a big up. thing happens, there's. There's consequences. Mm -hmm. You have like people are thinking about things for years to come. Like there's there is stuff to deal with. Beyond that. I know that's how real life works. Yes, but it's like I don't really necessarily need to watch these characters mm -hmm. deal with the repercussions of that. Yeah, I have. So you're one episode into season two. Yeah, and I like I said, probably just gonna wait till it's over, yeah. and then just kind of like if friends and people I pay attention to are kind of like, oh yeah, it gets better. Yeah. Then I'll I heard it. we're in what, like week four tonight probably is going to be episode five. I think of season two, something like that, something yeah. like that. And I heard, I think around episode three or four that it really got back to where season one was. Uh, but it's, I, I've heard it's a slow start. So, uh, but you kind of got to ease back into, you know, normalcy before you get all wild again. Either way. Great first season. Yeah. I fell absolutely fucking in love with the reality TV show Instant Hotel on Netflix. It is an Australian TV show where people who own Airbnbs uh, rank and review each other's Airbnbs as a group. They travel to each person's Airbnb. It is the best presentation of people's different perspectives when they're in the same situation. The juxtapositions of personalities are astounding and hilarious and just it's the most unique group of people you could put together 
It is so funny. It is so catty. These people are mostly terrible. Uh, and it's very fun. If you like House Hunters and the real world and kind of The Bachelor, uh, it's kind of like a weird mix of all of those in one. And it is so entertaining. It also taught me that Australian people call wiener dogs sausage dogs. I <laughs> fucking love that so much. There is a sausage dog themed Airbnb. Uh, and the n- amount of times the word sausage dog was said in that episode was the best thing in the world. I want to add a disclaimer that uh, Instant Hotel, if you start to play it on Netflix, will start you on season two. And I would highly recommend watching season one first because we live in a society, a civilized society. Was it on like a previous nope. network? I've talked before? to several people who have started on season two because that's what it starts you on. Weird. It's a little different format from season one to season two. So uh, that's I liked the season one format a lot more. I guess now that I think of it, I feel like that's probably what Netflix does with any like reality show where the yeah. episodes aren't really connected. I think Queer Eye is the same way. Probably. Like if I were to go and start it on mine without having seen it, I think yeah. it would start you on the current season. We also have only five days until the next season of Queer Eye comes out. Really? Yes. That's very exciting. Very excited for it. Yeah. They're churning those out. I was going to say, didn't the last one come out? Like That was like in the spring. Yeah. That's what I thought. Wow. Yeah, I was pretty shocked. But I guess, you know, there, it's a week of filming. and Right. I can't, yeah. I can edit that in a day. <laughs> of <Yeah>. course. <laughs> if I edit while they're filming. Yeah. After I was done with Big Little Lies, I moved on to watching Chernobyl, the five-part HBO miniseries about the Soviet Union's 1986 nuclear disaster. It is a phenomenal examination of the chaos that ensues when egotistical, incompetent leaders do everything in their power in an attempt to hide their wrongdoings and destroy the concept of truth. So it's kind of like what's been happening in our government for the last two and a half years, but with way more vodka. Mm. I really want to reiterate how much I love Instant Hotel. It is worth two NIMBYs. I have been telling everyone I know about this show. The people are so good. Mark and Janine are the best people in the world. JVN could help them with their hair a little bit. But other than that, it's people fighting over bedrooms. It's adults fighting over who gets the best bedroom in an Airbnb. And it's so fun to watch these fully grown adults act like absolute children and then be the cattiest people in the world when reviewing their own Uh, properties it's uh god just everyone go watch instant hotel i stopped watching stranger things season three to finish two seasons of instant hotel that's how good it is once i finished chernobyl i caught up on season one of barry the hbo series about a hitman played by bill Hader who ends up in an acting class that changes the course of his life and i love this show Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. it manages to be hilarious without taking away from the seriousness of like Mm -hmm. the very dark heavy subject matter Mm -hmm. it's all about the clash between the person we are versus the person we want to be Mm -hmm. and i've decided the person i want to be is bill Hader's friend i really want to be bill Hader's friend i finally got around to watching the 2018 movie the old man and the gun which stars robert redford as a kind charming bank robber uh, and it is based off a true story If you like Robert Redford and any of his old movies, which I'm a big fan of most of his movies, you will definitely love this movie. It's a little slow to start with, but he is such a charming character. And the relationships between the characters are just endearing, just so adorable. It's a great watch. It's a pretty short movie, hour and a half, uh, and definitely worth watching. It seems like he's not going to make many movies after this, I have to say. His performance uh, was a little old. I went to see one of my old favorite bands at the X-Ray Arcade in Kudahay, Wisconsin, which is a combination of a bar, a venue, and a free-to-play arcade. Mm-hmm. 
I really enjoyed playing a few rounds of Pac-Man and NBA Jam between each band, but one of the openers of the show was a very soft-spoken solo singer-slash-guitarist whose music was drowned out by the sound of people mashing buttons on the arcade games. <laughs> Other than that minor fluke, it was a great time. Well, Nathan, that's all the time we have for Nimble News. Let's uh, dig into these crispy, probably not very crispy, tacos with just the right amount of sauce. And, of course, A24's Midsommar. Now, obviously, neither of us have has ever had a taco from Burger King. Has anyone ever? We might be the first, actually. We're breaking new ground. Anniversary so these are in kind of, I mean, what would you even call this? Like little bags. This is something little... I would imagine a hash brown would come in. Uh, yeah, like McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, like a flat. Like a, yeah. yes. It's like a Crunchwrap Supreme container from Taco Bell, uh, that type of bag, but a little smaller. Uh, it says taco on the side, just in case you forget what it is. Now, uh, I want us to, here's what I want us to do. I, I want us to each to slide these out onto our plates while their eyes closed. Okay. And then I want us to look at them together. Okay. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Sliding. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Go. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It's a slice of cheese. No, they did it's not. It's a slice of cheese. It is a... Oh, oh my God. Is, is that in the description? American single in the taco. If, okay. Look at the picture. The description is shredded cheddar cheese, for the record. They apparently don't have that at this Burger King. We have slices of American cheese We have in to our take a picture of this. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, it's even in their marketing, oh it is. Oh, my uh, God. And let me tell you, that's not the right amount of sauce either. This, this like I thought. That looks, looks horrible. So gross. <laughs> like, look at that I, picture. And then uh, look at this, dude. Look at mine. It looks like dog I, food. My your, my yeah. tortilla is like tearing down the middle. This, yeah, this is. Wild. This is the worst looking thing I think we've ever had I think on this you're show. Right. I think you're right. The American Craft single. And the fact that like where the meat is in the taco has soaked the tortilla so much that it's almost like translucent. We're gonna take some photos of this. Please check our Instagram at Fast Food Film Friends if you want to oh look at this. Oh my god! Or don't. Let's uh, go ahead shit. and take a bite out of this. Oh my. Okay. Like, oh, before we go, before we do this, the what it looks is like dog what food. is happening? It looks like dog. What is, is, that, is I happening? Think that's beans. Is it beans or is it meat? Beans are not in the description. I okay. I'm, we need to take another picture of this because <laughs> this is, I don't understand what is actually That's what happening I'm saying. It's right like now. dog food. It's, okay, it's crusty. That's not the meat, is it? I don't know. I think, I think it is the it meat, is but it's low like. quality meat. This I am texture honestly, is so weird. I'm honestly concerned about eating this. I mean, it, it looks closer to like a hamburger patty than it does to ground beef. It might actually be a hamburger patty. Do they take a hamburger patty, slice it in half, That's what put it, it on like. here? But like they have to do something to this, it that makes it very different. This Burger King was definitely nature. not prepared to make tacos. Oh my god! Okay. Oh let's, my god! Let's dude. go. This is. I don't want to eat it. I really don't want to eat it. <laughs> it is crispy. This is saying very, very little. But it doesn't taste as bad as it looks. <laughs> it definitely doesn't. This the t- taco is surprisingly crispy. The tortilla. It seems like it's refried beans though. There's the taco sauce is non-existent. The flavors are non-existent. Look at the fucking picture they posted online. That's what we're eating right now. Yeah, the this- picture. If you Google Burger King taco, you'll see 
It looks pretty much like a Taco Bell taco. Like it, it looks, looks hearty, filled well. Pretty standard. This is this so is so flat. It's as flat as like a quesadilla. It is flatter than every quesadilla I've ever eaten in my entire life. And it is uh, the Kraft American single doesn't help. This lettuce is not like taco shredded lettuce. This is burger lettuce. Yes, it's true. These are everything about this, other than like the tortilla and I guess the taco sauce, mm-hmm. is literally just burger ingredients. It is. Made into a taco. Now, it looks like, because I have Googled Burger King tacos, somebody else also got a craft single in their taco. It looks like that may be a trend. I think my and expectations... Everyone's, everyone's, everyone's picture that they posted... Is with the slice of cheese. Is with the slice of cheese. It's with this nasty meat that soaks through the tortilla and leaves a stain on the tortilla. Jesus Christ. Yeah, look. Fucking A. Nasty shit. Yeah, so apparently this is... This meat comes out of a tube, I'm pretty sure. So this is very standard. Like, this is not a one-off experience. I I was worried, like, maybe we're giving a bad impression of what this actually is. But no, according to, like, what everyone else is getting, posting online, it's the exact same. They are not good. I mean, this is... There's no way Burger King thought this was going to be a a long-term thing. This is definitely a, let's do tacos, we'll do it for a dollar, get some cat food, buy some cat food tubes, and we'll just use all the burger ingredients. Jeez. It really concerns me, like, what that meat is. Like, remember when Taco Bell got caught using, like, grade D, like, basically dog food meat a long time ago? I feel like this is going to be an issue. Because that is not shredded beef. It's like, the mouthfeel mm. of this beef is, like, I mean, it's it's mushy and grainy. Mm-hmm. Almost kind of like a grit kind of yeah. texture. That's what I'm saying. Like a toothpaste with uh, teeth cleaning crystals. <laughs> Essentially, what this is. is probably doing the same. Has the same effect. <laughs> I, it's absolutely destroying every part of your body it touches. It's going to be a bowel cleaning crystal. Oh I my think. god, gross! I didn't have high hopes because it's Burger King and it's tacos, but I was kind of excited that somebody else was giving it a shot. Yeah, I mean, the tacos for a dollar would be just like a nice alternative. And just go, oh, you can get some tacos with some other thing you no, like with the yeah. burger. No. Not the case. You don't want to be doing that, folks. This depresses me. It's not what I expected, which is exactly how I feel about Midsommar as well. So Ari Aster yes. directed Hereditary God, from movie. last year. What a, movie. a movie that I think ended up on both of our top ten lists of 2018, mm, from what I remember. I believe it did. We had um, a beautiful episode on that one, too. Yeah, I mean, you and I both just really adore Hereditary. Mm, yes, we do. And... uh the hype for Midsommar has been just insane for the past few months. Yes. You and I in particular have just been so excited to see this movie. I have been sending basically memes and anything I saw about this movie, any comment from anybody in the entertainment industry about how amazing this movie was. I was so pumped. I've been sending those to friends for weeks. Yeah, I had to block your number. Yep, you did. I'm I'm curious that, you know, you sounds like you were disappointed in Mm -hmm. some in some way. Mm Mm-hmm. You did just compare it to the Burger King Crispy Taco. I, in the sense that it was different than what I expected. <laughs> I, this movie, I, I still don't know if I like it. Like, I need, I'm going to see this again in theaters because I feel like I need to. Uh, but I am, I was so taken aback by what this was. And it was so different than what I had built it up in my mind to be. And it's just so unique uh, in so many ways uh, that I'm, I feel, I saw it like a, when, a week ago, about a week ago, this week maybe. Who the hell knows? About a week ago, and I'm still like processing it. It's it's a mm-hmm. it takes a while. There's a lot of ways this can be interpreted, but 
It's not as bad as the Burger King fucking tacos. I'll tell you that much. I think that like all good art, it will impact everyone who watches it very differently. I, yeah. I agree. This has been in my head every day since I've seen it. Like yep. I just cannot stop thinking about not just processing my opinion on it, but just like ideas about it that I didn't, mm-hmm. that I didn't even realize the first. Yeah. I, I definitely want to watch it probably many more times Yeah, over the years. I think Midsommar captivated me. I loved this movie. It was, it was very much gripping. It was gripping. I mean, you were tense the whole time. You are so engaged and it's just build up, build up, build up, build up for the whole movie. And that doesn't stop till not even at the end. And I think it's saying a lot how gripping it is considering how long and how slow the pacing is, you know, Mm -hmm. it kind of like it's like the whole movie is in bright daylight because they're in Sweden where for most hours of the day, Mm -hmm. the sun's out. And so it really like emulates that feeling of, you know, when you're outside and just a really hot day and yeah. you're just kind of dazed yes. and you're just like, you can't quite think as well as you should be able mm-hmm. to. And it's just drifting off cicadas in the distance. And that's how this whole movie feels. You, you really like are right there with mm-hmm. those characters. You're experiencing that same thing. It's, it's almost hard to look at times. It's so bright that it you're is. almost like kind of squinting a little bit. It's yeah. like, it's, I don't usually care too much about like classifying genres. Like I don't really like, think mm-hmm. it's worth trying to put you know works of art into this box or that box yes but i think it's worth talking about the fact that this is really not a horror movie it is not and that's all. and that's the thing is i went into this expectations being horror movie lots of gore kind of a mind fuck and you know just a weird movie those are my four expectations you were right for three of those four i was right for a little bit i wouldn't say there's a lot of gore in this movie though there are it's a couple of gory moments, but it's not. The moments are very gory, but, but it's, it's not, not. It's not like it's not all throughout the film. It's just a few. Yeah, and I would say like Hereditary is probably more gory than this. Yeah, and I thought because the marketing for this was very. I think they did a great job in, in keeping it kind of mysterious, but also allowing people to kind of go down a lot of different paths and what they thought the movie was going to be. Yeah. Uh, and I think they did the horror gore portion, horror gore, <laughs> horror and gore portion really Gorer. well. Gore. Uh, and I think they did kind of the, you know, that beautiful Swedish, like, oh, I'm going to a festival with a flower crown type angle very well. Um, but I, it was just so different than what I thought. I think they were really like resting a lot on the fact that Ari Aster has already made a well-known horror movie. Like, mm-hmm. imagine if they used the same marketing, but it didn't have that tagline. This was like a first-time director. Yeah. I would have had no idea what to think of it because it's, it's been kept very vague. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this image of her crying. Yeah. Which I just want to say, Florence Pugh Holy crying shit. is iconic. Yeah. I get why it's everywhere. It's on yeah. the poster. It's everything you see because it's on not only stickers. like the sound of it, like it just sounds so like primal yeah. and like gut wrenching, but like the shape of her mouth is like she, unlike, it's a frown unlike anything I've ever seen before. And she's so good. Oh man. She is amazing in this movie. Absolutely amazing in this movie. I was blown away by her from from the start. Like she is obviously she is the main character of this movie, and her introduction, you know, the kind of the beginning of this movie, just that fifteen minutes alone, mm-hmm. she should win an Academy Award for. Honestly, like she is so good in this movie. She's great. I did some research, found out that she's in. So you know that she's in Little Women, uh, yes. the Greta Gerwig movie coming out later this year, yep. which has. Like basically every actor I like, mm-hmm. and uh, she's also going to be in the Black Widow movie, the Marvel movie coming out next next year or in two years. But it's her along with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, 
And so curious to see that as well. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was great. I was completely unfamiliar with her. Yeah, before I was uh, as well. Mid-Semana. I was as well. I think she was in. Uh, what was she in? She was in Lady Macbeth. I'm not. And a big... I think she was a show that she was in. I forget what it is. Yeah, yeah. I was I was not familiar with her either. I have been seeing her around a lot more now. I feel like, but it's probably because her little screaming face is on everything. <laughs> so a lot of movies, especially horror movies, we talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. I think in our hereditary review, how like. The movies have to find this balance between showing the viewer what's scary and then leaving certain stuff to the viewer's imagination. Because yes. like leaving certain things unseen can be a useful tool. Because mm-hmm. usually like we conjure up things in our head that are more horrific than anything that you could literally put on the screen. Yeah. And so Ari Aster and his two movies has proved to be very, very good at like leaving something to your imagination. And then showing it to you, yes. and the reality is even worse than what you thought. Yes, 100%. Both of these movies have had a specific moment where I was literally just, my jaw was open. Oh, Because I couldn't believe what I saw. This was, are we talking about, uh, let's just say, we'll some, wait to get something in, in a chicken coop, maybe? Um, actually, no. Wow. Something different. I think it just, it goes to show, yeah, yeah. Just, there's stuff in these movies that... It's it's like he his imagination when it comes Scary. to what you can do with humans. What goes on in his head? Like I let, he did a Reddit AMA, and the top question was "You okay?" And his response was just "Nope." And it's like there's got to be. I don't understand how his brain works like that. Can come up with these like both Hereditary and Midsummer are such unique stories, and the things that happen in them, the the horror, the horrifying things that happen in them are so unique. Like you're not going to see any of those in any other movies. Uh, and God, I can't wait to get to spoiler segment because I have a lot of them to talk about. Uh, but he said also that he wants to do a full blown comedy soon. Uh, and I'm very interested to see what he would do with the comedy. Mm-hmm. I think it would be super fun to see him kind of use that same type of let you imagine a little bit and then show you the reality. And instead of having it be scary or have it be even funnier, uh, I'm curious if that will translate. So super excited. I mean, this movie had quite a bit of humor. It did. Like the, the friends, oh, you know, man. like Christian's friends are Vaping. cheaty. Yep. And, uh, I forget Will Poulter is the actor's name. I forget the, yes. the character, but yeah, they're just, they were great. They were. They were. Cheaty was Cheaty was actually really good in this. I liked him too. And it's hard for me to not picture him as Cheaty right. from the good place. When he showed up on screen, yeah. like a lot of people in the theater were like audibly like, What? Yeah. No, I like, had no idea. Yeah, I, I didn't either. And I was just like I at first I was like, There's no way I'm gonna take this seriously. Yep, but same. he did really great. He he went into that character, and I will give him props for that because Cheaty is a character on the good place who is has very specific mannerisms and is a very specific type of communicator and talks a very certain way. And he totally separated himself from that, which mm-hmm. I didn't think he'd be able to do. I thought it would be distracting as hell. Yeah. But it wasn't. Uh, this movie is absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think it is stunning. I mean, the location alone is stunning. But the yeah. the setups, the sets, the formations of the dining tables, the costumes, the flowers... The you know psychedelic aspects of it as well, visuals. It is one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. Absolutely. It is so striking. And that's why I want to go see it in a theater again. And I think if you have any interest in seeing this movie, if you're thinking of going or waiting until it comes out on DVD or streaming, as most people do now, I forget that not everyone is a VHS. DVD person like me, uh, go see it in the theater. Support it. It's a good independent film. And it's just beautiful. And like the brightness alone... If you're watching that in your living room on a TV with the windows open behind you, you're not going to get that same effect as watching it in a huge, dark movie theater. Uh, it is, man, I could stare at this movie all day, other yeah, than the, some parts. The like daylight aspect of it 
you know, it, it it's, makes it one of a kind, unlike mm-hmm. any, any movie like this. And like mm-hmm. also, like you're saying, the setting, the like rolling hills, it's just, it's oh. gorgeous. But on top of that, I think Ari Aster just has such an appreciation for art, like, yes. like physical art, because mm-hmm. like in Hereditary, you had the miniatures, the yep. dioramas that were so amazing to look at. They were. And in this, like, I just want to like sit down and talk to him about like what his inspirations were for like the mm-hmm. drawings oh, and they like were amazing. there's like the room where Christian walks into that the whole walls are covered in yep. just these little drawings or there's paintings there's like yeah. there's a painting that starts Tapestries. off the movie it's just yeah. a full screen paint of a mural and yep. there's yeah everything about the architecture like yeah. it's 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 the attention to detail is it's, amazing it really is I mean you feel so immersed in every setting in this, even in her apartment at the beginning, Mm -hmm. uh, it's very much, you know, kind of a single, you can even tell she's going through problems. She's got piles of books and things laying around and, you know, one chair where she sits and kind of, you can tell just that's her like sweet spot, her home spot. It's so homey there. And at the farm too, you just, you just believe it. You feel like you're there. You're absolutely right. I loved the sets in this movie. So obviously like the, the lightness visually of this movie yeah. contrasts very much with the very dark visuals of hereditary. Like it's, it's like almost always nighttime hereditary yep. in this movie. It's like very like vivid, lush colors. Mm-hmm. Hereditary was like super muted. Yeah. Everything's just like gray and we're gonna have to wait to spoilers to get into this, yeah. but I feel like there's so many deeper ways that mm-hmm. these movies are kind of this like perfect combination. Like yeah. they're like a duality. Like there's, we can't go into it yet, but basically like, I feel like the way I think about them, this has made me like Hereditary, I think, even more yes. in retrospect. Yes. And it's almost like if somebody asked me which of these is my favorite, mm-hmm. it's kind of like choosing between like salty and sweet. Mm-hmm. Or it's like you could choose a favorite. Salty. I'd be sweet. That'd be, that'd be my choice. I know. And But the combination of the two of them, mm-hmm. I think they elevate each other. And they are better together than anyone on their own. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think this is this pair of movies... I don't know if I'm like reading into it too much, but I feel like these were really created as a pair of stories that are really kind of speaking to each other. It's like this, it's just, it's this duality of, but I think we'll go into that soon. I think they're both, I think you're really spot on. I think they're both in a, in a kind of an indirect way, just stories about families and family in general and struggles with family and Mm -hmm. you know, how, how your family supports you and how that affects your life. And they're both kind of interesting takes on that. And I think, you know, in terms of the light and the darkness of the two movies, you're absolutely right. I think even in Midsummer, the is it? Have you been saying Midsummer or Midsummer first off? Let's, uh, let's tackle that. I mean, Midsummer. I guess I, I think if, the, if I was actually I try to the Swedish the pronunciation yeah. would be Midsummer. I think, Ooh. but people, I mean, people just say. I know. I've been hitting the A hard. I feel a little pretentious. I'll try to tamp that down. Um, but I think even from the beginning of this movie, where our main character uh, is struggling, having a rough time with life. Everything in her apartment is dark. The pictures on the walls are tortured, kind of demented, just mixes of these dark colors. She doesn't have many lights on ever. It's usually nighttime when we see her there. Mm -hmm. She's depressed. She's wearing sweatpants and things like that. And contrasted to this farm, is it's such a difference. And when you go back and think about this movie, you you leave the theater thinking about this movie and you think, because the last, we have so much to tackle in spoilers, I can't get into it much, but the transition and kind of the growth of the characters mirror the setting so much and it's now that you say it like the first that first portion of the movie which i did love is like hereditary the tone is very very similar Mm -hmm. i mean yeah it gave me the same kinds of feelings deep down as hereditary gave me and and like as much as i liked it i was thinking i was like oh wow this is like i was kind of expecting something pretty different but Mm -hmm. this is very very similar Mm -hmm. but then from there 
it's really about, you know, when they go to Sweden, yeah. everything starts changing and it becomes the opposite. It's so different. It is. <laughs> we need to get into spoilers. We really we do. We want to talk I've about got, it. I've got a lot. Uh, I do, before we get into that, I because this movie, I was having a very hard time explaining it and thinking to myself, how do I tell people about this movie? People ask me, you know, how was it? Did you see this? What am I going to say about this movie? And I couldn't really do it. So I asked about uh, eight or nine of our friends to give me one sentence about Hereditary or about Midsommar. Uh-huh. Uh, and just one sentence was all I asked for. <laughs> Not only is was this a pretty funny exercise and interesting, but people are terrible at following directions. I got responses <laughs> with more than one sentence. One of my friends thought it was one word. Uh I got questions, you know, it was regardless. I and wish that you'd give me this prompt and that we could have just ended this episode. Yeah, we, I could have. I thought about it, but I, would, I didn't want to. I wanted to, you know, surprise you. Uh, I will not read any that have spoilers in them. And also that one of these is from your fiance. And I want to see if you can guess which one okay. is hers. Yeah, I'm just curious. My favorite is from uh, a friend of mine, a nemesis of mine, actually, from college who uh, we yes. get along well. Uh, he actually texted me. Uh, he saw the movie pretty early and said, I... In requesting an episode on Midsummer because I need you guys to do that. His was Midsummer is beautifully psychotic and it fucked me up and I hated it, but also want to watch it again. And I thought, okay, okay. He's, uh, I wouldn't peg him as an artsy guy. Uh, next up, a picturesque drug trip through a Swedish cult, slight carnage, and ultimately, oh, I can't say that one. I can't say that one yet. We'll skip it for now. Yeah. Another acquaintance who I saw the movie with who had some audible comments uh, during the movie said, uh, a full body experience of uncertainty. And I thought, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. One was the visual equivalent to edging. <laughs> That's one of my favorites as well. I thought that was pretty spot on. Uh, some of my friends gave way too much away, so I'm not going to do that. Here's one. Uh, yet another great movie depicting the power of a woman in one of the most anxiety-inducing ways possible. Spot on. Pretty spot on. Uh, my friend who thought I asked for one word uh, settled on the word groovy. So that's uh, that's neat there. Uh, one friend said, "I'm just glad they showed a penis." Uh, so it's minor spoiler. Did you there. hear that? Like they had to do some yeah. work to avoid the NC-17 rating. Yep. For yep. Yeah, we just talked about this at brunch today. They just saw it last night, and that was uh, we talked a lot about that bloody half erect penis, Nathan. <laughs> that's for sure. It was a great brunch conversation. Had a burrito bowl. Uh, here's one from my friend Bill. It went from holy shit to this seems okay to wait a second to what the fuck to oh my god back to what the fuck eventually bringing us two and a half hours later to I guess that makes sense but wow uh, <laughs> I think I think the visual equivalent to edging is probably my favorite out of those out of those ones. I like that yeah um, was my fiance's I'm gonna cross off edging yes that was not her you are correct I'm gonna cross off groovy also correct yeah I kind of give that one away. Was it the one about causing anxiety? It was. It was. I know her well. Yeah, you do. You do. Well done. Uh, didn't even cheat. Didn't even cheat. Interesting little study, though, I thought. A lot of people, too, when I asked them, all had hard times. They were like, what? I, I can't. I can't. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Uh, and it took, it took a few days and still lackluster responses. So <laughs> it's a tough one to describe. I think in the last 20 minutes, we've uh, struggled quite a bit as well since <laughs> we're having to dance around... Some plot points, but yes. uh, before we move on to spoilers, do you have any final verdict on these Burger King crispy tacos? That is the worst thing I think I've seen from a fast food restaurant in possibly my life, honestly. I'm going to leave it there. Go to fucking Taco Bell. Burger King needs to stop making these immediately. <laughs> I like 
forget about Area 51 and rushing there. Let's go to Burger King headquarters oh and God. demand they stop making tacos. I think we need to send the bagel shop guy <laughs> to Burger King mm. so that we can really, so he can speak our minds for us. Yeah. Yeah. To those workers. Yeah. He's, I can't, I can't with that guy. I watched like a 10 minute long interview with him and I he has yes. some very toxic traits. It, is it the one where he mentioned being the Martin Luther King of bullying? <laughs> yeah, it was. Not only Martin Luther King, uh, it was the Martin Luther King and somebody else. Oh, it was John Lennon. John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. Of, uh, of short people rights, right. I guess, or height, heightism, yeah. Yeah. uh, trying to end heightism. Uh, he uh, thinks pretty highly of himself. Mm-hmm. Hasn't watched the video himself, he said. <laughs> well, his phone's slow. Oh, God. I just, what a fucking world. What world do we live in where Burger King's making tacos and that guy's going viral? I'm going to live in a world where movies like Midsommar exist. I need to talk too. about them. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say in my thoughts, I'd kind of echo what you said earlier. I think this is a movie worth supporting. It's you know an, an mm-hmm. independent, small director, a great studio, just people who feel good, you know, give them my money to... To help them make more movies. This mm-hmm. is a story that I'm going to be going back to many times. Yes. There's so much there. Even if you dislike this movie, I promise your experience will be like you're getting value out of it. You definitely are. It's almost like walking through a museum, this movie. It is every shot could be a, a portrait hanging on the wall in a museum. It, that's how beautiful it is. And it's it's a long movie. It's a slower movie, I'd say pace wise, but it doesn't. You don't get bored. It doesn't feel yeah, long because you are so engaged the entire time. I mean, uh, when the credits rolled, I was like, that can't be it. Like, there's, I, I need more. There yeah. has to be more. And I'm very, very happy. You've heard that there's going to be a director's cut. Yes. Yeah. Did you, so I'm very excited about on that. On his AMA, Ari Aster said, do you know how much time they originally had cut? I heard 345 was the original cut. So, yeah, they cut an hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he's going to come out with a director's cut of about 30 minutes longer. Which is nuts. Like, yeah. how? I'm so excited to watch it. I want to see that whole hour and 20 minutes extra. I, like, can't believe how much they must have filmed for this movie. Yeah. Like, it is insane. And I've heard of a lot of the people, a lot of the cast have been uh, doing interviews. And it was, a, like, sweltering heat. The tables oh, yeah. were actually mirrors. I don't know if you noticed that. I no, didn't notice I didn't, that. They no. said they had mirrored tabletops. So they're just getting <laughs> reflected sun. They were like, it was oh, the brightest. Our eyes were, like, burning. Yeah. And it was brutally hot. So it seems like it was a pretty straining experience, and especially the two kind of main characters, Christian and Florence Poo's Poo. Pew, I think Pew. is her last name. Yes. Florence Poo. They're, because their roles are so dark and everything, they had a really hard time like being on that farm all the time in the sunlight. They felt like they were kind of losing their minds. Yeah. You know, which could happen. I feel like, you know, by eating these Burger King tacos, we've kind of taken on some of that pain oh, that the Midsommar cast had to go through. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that we're done with those, let's uh, hear a word from our sponsor. Let's. Are you and your partner looking for an exciting new adventure? Come join us in beautiful Helsingland, Sweden for a summer getaway unlike anything you've experienced before. Here, the two of you will feel so close while you enjoy food and beverages made specially by the locals, breathtaking performances by our village elders, and dancing that lasts all night long. Then, finish your getaway with a session in our sweat lodge, where all of your problems will melt away without having to move a muscle. Pulsing Land Sweden, where you are treated like royalty. And we're back, ready to talk about uh, midsummer and some spoiler snacks. Nathan has handed me a cup uh, from Burger King uh, that appears to have something orange in it. 
I'm so guessing these Fanta. Are Frozen Fanta Orange. Oh. That's the exact name. Okay. And uh, usually you'd expect to get something like this in like a clear cup with yeah. like a nice hemisphere top that you yeah. can look into. They just gave us regular little drink regular cups, cup. but it's quite heavy. Looks like there's a slice of cheese in these as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, take a sip. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It is. Fanta and ice. It's exactly what you'd expect. Uh, which, oh shit. What? Man, what? they also have, they have a slightly different version of this. I wish we had gotten With that cream? I just found With on the website. Cream? Frosted frozen Fanta you orange. Fucking, what are you doing? I Next send time. you to these restaurants to get it right. And you've been fucking up week after week. We're going to do BK again next week. We're going to do tacos again. And we're going to get the better I am drink. not ever doing those tacos again. Fucking disgusting. Speaking of disgusting, how about the gore in this movie? There's some gnarly, gnarly shots and scenes. So now that we've said everything that could possibly be said about these frozen Fanta drinks. <laughs> yes. Um, so we will be spoiling Midsommar in its entirety. Big time. What do you think was the goriest or grossest moment in this movie for you? Grossest moment was probably... I mean, I guess the face smashing or like more specifically yeah. the guy who didn't die yes. at first and then gets put out of his misery. Here, okay. Here, that's what I love. So like the, the whole ritual, them like jumping off of the yeah. thing that's like called at the stupa, which yep. I did some research and was like based on actual legends. It's a real thing. Legends well, and the, the anthropology Chidi's character is like, they say at the stupa or whatever the hell it is mm-hmm. uh, and he's like really like for real you guys are doing that like he knows uh what it is i think before he gets there he doesn't warn his friends apparently we'll see and what i've found in my uh two minutes of googling yeah. is that this is something that there really isn't proof that it really was a thing it may have just mm. been in like legends like it may have just been from stories but there actually are places in sweden like precipices mountains yeah. that are like people say that's where they used to do it really but uh again there's really no proof what i love so hopefully a little found, higher oh yes that's hopefully okay a little higher that's what i don't like the idea of like i'm actually really intrigued by the concept of this life cycle yeah I and actually, like choosing to exit life and Period it's like of, or four periods of 16 years each or 18 18, 18 years. years each yeah, yeah. yeah and i mean think about how many problems of the world we'd solve if yeah. we all just did something like that but i'm like that's how you do it that's how you kill yourself is hopefully think, you smash your face on a rock well, and if not they smash your face for you well either, there's no better way to do it there's probably a few probably a couple <laughs> like i can't think of them offhand but i'm sure there's something better. I, just, I think it feels so made up for the movie but i can't believe that's like that's a real thing it is yeah i mean to i the whole you're absolutely right the whole uh you know seasons of life thing was interesting but i thought I think when, when you're going up there to jump off at the end of your 70, 72 years, uh, you should kind of do a dive. And, you know, right. the second he guy just, just, just pencils, like a, yes. pencils right off and just And you watch him and you're just like, no, he's huh. not going to die. Bad move. Bad move. <laughs> yeah, I would want like a higher, higher mountain or, you know, maybe some spikes. Yeah. Uh, probably not Maybe spikes. one of those kids that goes off to college and come back and just have a gun. Yeah. Gun would Let's be just... <laughs> Maybe gun, some cyanide. Gun, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Or like, a, yeah, sleeping pills. I don't know. Anything. One thing I found in my research that I love was that in the 60s, it was like a Swedish comedy radio program. And they had this bit where they advertised like, 
So like the state provided pension in Sweden at the time was called ATP, mm-hmm. and uh, Atastupa is like has like an A with the umla, and this comedy show had like an ad for a thing called ATP with the umla, where it was like an alternative to the pension, where it's like instead you just oh. kill yourself at seventy two. I like it. I like and, it. Uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I did notice is how so like zero to eighteen in a person's life in spring. this movie is spring, and then eighteen to thirty six is summer. I thought it was very. Like apt, very spot on. Oh for yeah, each age I, I really do like that. I've been yeah. thinking about it a lot. But like, how old would you say his characters are? They're graduate students, probably like mid twenties. Yeah. yeah, and so that would mean summer. that they are like entering the midsummer part of their, of their life. life. Yeah, which is yeah. so cool. Wow, I really like it. It's like Inception, a midsummer within a midsummer within the movie Midsummer. They should have put Leo in this movie. I would have liked Leo. Leo would have been good. So I mentioned earlier how. You know, all these parallels between this movie and Hereditary mm-hmm. that I was thinking about. So I just want to be clear. When I talk about this, we're going to spoil Hereditary as well. Oof. If you've not seen Hereditary, Bold. I'm going to give some plot points about the ending of that movie. If you haven't also. seen Hereditary, pause this right now. Go make yourself a bowl of popcorn. Sit on your couch. Find Hereditary by any means necessary and watch it right away. I would venture to say that like... Almost everyone who has seen Midsommar has also seen Hereditary because I yeah. feel like that's the selling point. Yeah. Is that, and this one, in terms of box office, has made way less than Hereditary did. It's much less marketable. I think word of mouth will probably get out. I think it's it's not a, your typical horror movie. So I think people who are looking for that are going to tell their kind of horror friends to not go to this movie. And, you know, and like you said, how it's so hard to, to just give like a... You ask your friend what with the recommendation, it's so difficult to give that, that it's like word of mouth movies need to be easy to talk about. Yeah. And this this one is uh, not that, (laughs) not that. So in hereditary, there's a demon named payment who requires a male host. Yeah. And in Midsommar, it's about a matriarchy Mm -hmm. that crowns its own kind of godlike figure called the May queen. Mm -hmm. In hereditary, it's about like this descent into terror main character situation only gets worse as time goes on yes. midsummer it's kind of this like salvation from terror like mm-hmm. danny's situation ends really in the best place that it is in the entire movie it yes. starts in a very terrible place and gets better from there mm-hmm. in one payman comes to earth from hell in midsummer danny is a may queen condemns christian to hell from earth mm. for his wickedness look at you hereditary is like we talked on our review about how it's like this metaphor for like inescapable hereditary diseases. Like mm-hmm. Peter's bloodline is unchanging. He can't avoid that. And like Midsommar, it's just so the opposite. It's like, it's, it's, it's about grief. It's about family, but it's about moving past family. Like her family, oh. she loses it and she finds a new family. Okay, so it's really, it's, it's, it's saying that family is something that you can leave behind. Yeah. Very different message. Hereditary is like, they have the miniatures, you know, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a symbol for how Peter and his family are being controlled by like higher powers as if they're part of those dioramas. Yeah. And like Midsommar, I think really is about Danny's free will and how there's no power above her. Like, I really think that it's saying a lot about the sense of belonging that we get from like traditions that make us feel special, no matter how outlandish they may seem. Like when they come to this, this foreign place, everything is so weird to them, but they slowly just kind of become, they're not abducted. No. Or deceive. No one like overtakes their body. It's really not supernatural at no, all. It's not. She willingly joins this village mm-hmm. because of what they offer her. And like I think a lot of people would probably call the Harga in this movie a cult. Yeah. But when you really think about it, I feel like they function like a pretty standard religion. 
I think it's like it's very similar to like Christianity. Well, in yeah, America. all religions are. I mean, but I'm but like that's they, traditions. They, it's it's pageantry. It's traditions. It's shared beliefs, and it's a sense of community. I mean, that's that's the bottom yes. line in in, yes. in all of them. I think it's. I think it does a really good job. I think this movie is 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 completely about, like you said, family and you know, if just like in a in a kind of indirect, really easy way to sum it up is the crazy shit you put up with from your family, but you still stay with them because they're your family. And I think uh like for the it's the Horga is the cult, right? Horga? Mm-hmm. Harga. Harga yeah. is the cult. Um or group family. Um but it's it's I, I really liked the idea of it seems like everything they do, uh, it's it's like a community. It's a cult of shared experience. Mm-hmm. They do everything together almost at the exact same time. They eat and drink together. They experience grief and weeping when that one guy doesn't die. They're all doing it at the exact same times and they stop uh-huh. at the exact same time and they move on and they go about their traditions and routines and everything like that. And it's almost as if if you're not in that family your your feelings and reactions don't matter essentially you know when they're killing these people and everything it's uh it's i don't know it's a family i would want to be a part of and not not a part of yeah. uh if i was there but it just everything they do together suffering orgasming even like they all do it together uh and it's it's i just really liked how alone florence is in the beginning of this film and she's dealing with her grief she's dealing with her sorrow all by herself even though Christian is supporting her like a shitty boyfriend, uh, he's not doing much of it. She's very much alone and watching her kind of come into this place. And even when they first kind of all eat together and cheers together, there's a lot of tension and she's, you can tell, you know, she doesn't feel at home there, but just by doing these shared traditions throughout a few days over and over again, she becomes so similar to them. She becomes one of them to the point after she wins May queen where she's weeping and they're all, they bring her in and they weep with her and she is that part of their family. Incredible. It is so incredible. It's really nice. I mean, I think it's kind of a happy story of her finding a new family. She has nothing to go back. Oh yeah. For this is her new family. And the smile that she has at the end is, is so, I don't know if it's empowering. I don't know what it is, but it's so moving. You, you, it's such a different spot from where she is in the beginning. With uh-huh. What a ride. I think the way that this village chooses to like, they they want so badly above all else to empathize. Yes. And like like in that moment when she's crying and they're literally they're not just crying. They're they're, they're mimicking her exact movements yep. and breaths. Yeah. And like compare that to Christian who like okay, he's not a good boyfriend. He's, he's a bad partner. Disconnected. But like I've I feel like I've known people who are in a very similar scenario where it's like they're in like one long serious relationship and yeah. they you know this is a guy who like He's he's so indecisive. He doesn't he doesn't want to. He avoids confrontation. That like he's doing nothing to try to reach out to empathize with no. her. Like and he's he's just like he's a body. He's none of the things that she needs. Like mm-hmm. he's he thinks that by staying in a relationship with her, that's doing enough. And that he's yeah, supporting her exactly. But he is doing like, nothing else. This village is the model of how to try to understand somebody who's going something that you don't understand because. Mm-hmm. These villagers, none of them have Danny's life experiences, no. just like Christian doesn't either. But Christian thinks the fact that they don't have the same life experiences means that he cannot connect with her. Mm-hmm. But these people say, we're going to do everything we can to try to connect to you. And, understand. and that's just, it's really beautiful. I it mean, is. like, I, I experience all the time, I feel like, where somebody, like, talks about some, like, really real shit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, 
you have a hard time connecting with things that you haven't really experienced yourself. That's just part of being human, but we can try. Yeah. We can try harder yeah. to put ourselves in those shoes and to help them. And that's the, the interesting contrast, I think, is you see that compassion and empathy from these from these. I don't. I don't want to keep calling them a cult. I mean, they're, they're people. village people. Village people. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably the worst <laughs> worst terms we could have settled on. The village people in this. Uh, <laughs> the contrast between that. It's like you know. Yeah, sure. They have kind of these barbaric things that they do, but look at how well they're functioning. They've been here for thousands of years. They're have a system perfectly designed where everyone's provided for, everyone's cared for, everyone has a bed and a house and, and is taken care of because they support each other and they stick to these rules and these traditions. Again, I think this is a huge defense of organized religion. Yeah. Of saying like, like I, I mean, that's what I've been thinking about is yeah. I'm like, you're right. I grew up in a very religious household. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer religious at all, mm-hmm. but this has made me think back to so much stuff. I'm like, man, there's so many advantages to being part of a religion. Yeah, I think I'm see. You're, I'm not you're saying it's. Right. I'm not saying it's no, changing no. my like no, theological beliefs, but like you're right. the way that we on Earth gather it's, around these beliefs is can be a beautiful thing. It can be. Can be. It can certainly be. not. Certainly not always. Is. No, and I and I, I totally agree. I think you're. I think you're absolutely right that it's a defense of it, but I think it's. You know, it's it's almost it's a defense it. of like the ideal organizer. Is it ideal though? That's what I'm trying to say. Is like they still have these pretty barbaric traditions, and they're. I don't know. It, religion to me, I'm always kind of scared because it, it does kind of always, even if it's perfect from the start and it's ideal and, and nothing's wrong, you get sucked into that. Always agree. Always go with it. And oh yeah, trust, there's, there will always it. be negatives. There will never be like a yeah. world where religion does not do any harm. No, I know. I know. And yeah. I think the, like the, the whole profit situation and the rewriting of the books and everything, uh, Oh, it's yeah, it's fucked. It's, it's fucked. It's uh, super fucked. <laughs> yes, um, the incestual prophet. Like it's <laughs> it's really fucked. I did love though the shot of that the room where the book is kept and where that prophet sleeps, and the walls are just lined with all the different versions of those books. Uh-huh. It was a beautiful shot, and yeah. I was like, that is just showing how long they've been doing this, mm-hmm. and clearly how devoted they are to. I mean, everything everything in the movie, everything on this farm is spotless in its right place. Uh, perfectly balanced. It seems like everything is is just perfectly balanced and clean and neat. And they they have everything down so well. It's almost to a science. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I really love the use of like illustrations to foreshadow the story. Oh, there's so much foreshadowing in this movie. And it's I mean at times I wouldn't even call it foreshadowing. They're literally like the part where it shows you the diagram of like the sequence of events. Yep. Like they're telling you what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And like the painting in the very the first shot of the scene. I have you seen the actual painting, like the image of it? like you can go on like I found the artist's website. The internet? Um it's a moopan.com. M U P A N. Moopan. That's the name of the artist, yeah. Okay. And it's a mural and like I didn't get enough time to really let it soak in when I was looking at it. I was yeah. just like amazed by the whole thing. It's only up for like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. But it just it's just telling the entire story of the movie. And like I you know, we talk about on this show, I'm the kind of person who I try to uh, i value surprises in movies i usually don't like to know anything about the plot before i see a movie but i think the fact that i did know this stuff and i kind of knew where it was going somewhat allowed me to kind of take in the style of the film in a way that i'm usually not able to until the second time i see something yeah like i kind of was able to just look past the literal story and appreciate everything else it had to offer so that was really cool there's a lot to offer too i mean visually in this in this movie 
Uh, I think this is the most accurate portrayal of psychedelic drug trips I've ever seen. And I've talked to a few people who, who agree and have um, some extensive experience in that. Um, but it is, there's these little, if you watch the movie, there's, there's these little bits and there's a lot of, again, they're drinking this kind of, uh, you know, uh, psychedelic tea, I guess you could say yeah, something like that. That's clearly having an effect on how they see and how they think and they take some mushrooms too. But the visuals of, of little things kind of swirling or there's a flower on her flower crown that's it's like you know, almost matching her pulse. Yeah. You can tell. And it's if you look in the background, there's so many points in this movie where just in the background, there's one little thing doing that. And the attention of that was it's just fun to watch. It's almost like it, a, a Where's Waldo game of like, what what is what is out of place? What's moving here? Uh, what is in the scene that is a little out there? Because I feel like he likes to sneak, uh, you know, these little things in there. I don't know. But it's just, God, it's beautiful to watch. Just beautiful. I have a brain freeze right now. Mm. I uh, you were, you indulged really, my frozen pants of all you were talking. You were really and, um, slamming that. I saw that. One thing that was uh, not very easy to watch in the moment that left me stunned was seeing how exactly the sister committed suicide. That was terrifying. It was, I mean, it's horrible. It was really like that shook me hard. Cause you, you see like the cars on you're like, you understand, okay, they're asphyxiation, you know, yeah. it's, it's intentional, whatever they're dead. You know yeah. that much, you know, that's really bad. Yes. But seeing the tubes all the way up there and just like vomit down her shirt and the slow pan of it too, following the hose from the tailpipe. It's a single shot from the tailpipe through the door, up the stairs to the underneath of the, of the door frame that she's duct taped shut. Uh, it really shook me. I had some friends tell me that who have had, you know, little closer experiences with things like that. that yeah. It was like, almost PTSD inducing because yeah. uh, it was and her reaction too. I mean, it cuts to her basically. I don't even want to say what's a word for, I mean, she, ideal I, weeping. Like what's the word for the most? I mean, I think she's like wailing. Is how wailing. I there it. we go. Yeah. I'm like when he picks up the phone and it's just her cry again, <sighs> she, her crying is exquisite. It is. It's so painful cry. to listen to. It is like heart wrenching, heart breaking. And the fact that they like, Earlier on had shown the parents mm -hmm. and you just assume they're sleeping yep. and then you see them after and you realize they're, they're just peacefully dead. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, it's, it was a rough start, rough start. So the sister is messaging Danny before yeah. the whole thing happens. She and she it's mentions all, it's all dark. Not she says it's coming going with. black or to black. It's all dark. Is it dark? Okay. I, I need so. to see it again. Or it's all black. I, I think it's black because later on, the, and I remember reading that and thinking that was a very, like, seemed like a very intentional, like, weird way to put that. And yeah. later on, they, when uh, Danny, or, well, yeah, when Danny chooses Kristen to burn at the end, mm -hmm. they mentioned that he's going to the black. Mm -hmm. And apparently, like, when they're, the dance thing's happening, there's, like, a mention of, like, the black one. That's what somebody told me. I don't remember that myself. Yeah. But, like, it all seems like this very, like, I don't think it's a coincidence that different characters would be using the term black to describe it. Like it's not, it's not some people just say, yeah. And so it, I feel like there's supposed to be something there, like that, like some kind of connection of some sort. As soon as she, the sister said that about going to black or whatever she says, I just yeah. thought for sure that's going to come back later because what a weird thing to say. It is. And so I, I wonder if like so much is cut out of the movie. I wonder if there's something there that we're just not getting because it was left out of the film. I've heard, theories about how like Pell, the the guy who brings them to the village yeah was like maybe 
his master plan was to bring Danny, and so maybe there was some sort of orchestration of this murder. See, I've heard that too, and I don't feel that it's the case. I don't. I think whether or not that happened, it's kind of like doesn't matter. Like I don't think that's. I don't think there's like intentionally clues left to make you believe that specifically. Yeah. But I'm just I'm 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 just very curious about why that wording was chosen. You know, they also in in the while they're doing the dance off uh, or whatever you want to call that, <laughs> she says it's in defiance of the black one. Yes, uh, okay. which is another use of it too. So yeah, you could be onto something there. Could, you know, the one thing that seemed slightly out of place was the Austin Powers uh, reference. <laughs> and I just I'm, I still have a lot of questions about that because I don't know where that came from and why. It's like a weird reminder that this is the real world. I guess know? it is. It kind of brings it seems back. so surreal that like, but yeah, it just, it just reminds you like, oh yeah, this is like, this is supposed to be like a real place with real people. And this is not just like aliens or ghosts <laughs> or something. There was a, uh, obviously I spend way too much time on Reddit, obviously. Uh, and obviously I say obviously a little too much as well, obviously. Uh, uh, somebody said a line from Austin Powers kind of in connection to it. Have you, do you know which line it is? No. Austin Powers says it. As long as people are still having, he says it when he comes back from uh, being frozen. Okay. Like, Welcome to the future. Because they're like, it's going to be interesting, hard for you to adjust. Because as long as people are still having promiscuous sex with many anonymous partners while at the same time experimenting with mind expanding drugs in a consequence free environment, I'll be sound as a pound. <laughs> and I was like, maybe there's a little connection there. But a lot of that uh, anonymous, well, not that anonymous, but a lot of weird stuff. What exactly was your uh, physical reaction when the drink was placed in front of Christian and it was slightly more red? <laughs> I was like, I tensed. I kind of bolted up and I was like, don't, don't drink that. <laughs> like, whatever that is, do not drink that. And it's, uh, according to what people have been talking to me about, I've talked to everyone I know who's seen this movie extensively about this movie. Because uh-huh. I feel like if people have seen it, you want to pick their brains about it and get their perspectives. Yeah, and that's, so that's part ones. of what's great about it. It is. It is so fun to discuss. Uh, but uh, I've heard it's, it was menstrual blood that was put in the cup. Well, that's from, like, literally the images yeah. in the shows where it says how he's seduced. Mm-hmm. It's the pube and the I, menstrual blood. My favorite line in this movie was when he goes in, you know, he gets past kind of stage one of the, like, weird little house, goes uh-huh. to the next door, and the guy's there. She's like, and he says, what, what's the girl's name? Maya or something? Yeah, Maya. Has taken quite a liking to you. And he just goes, I think I ate uh, one of her pubic hairs. <laughs> and the guy goes, that prob- that sounds probably right. And I was like, <laughs> just, I, like, there's these little bits of humor that I really like in there. And I think, yeah. you know, especially with the friends, who's the one who's vaping nonstop, like just having him hitting his little vape every is another kind of one of those reminders that like, this is it's modern like day. World, yeah, yeah. And like. It's, I don't know. They're just—he's so out of place. Uh, but there's there are some funny moments in this movie. Yeah, I, I did kind of laugh too when you know we we get to the cliff jumping ceremony and they're all standing there looking up, and I saw the guy with the giant hammer, and I was just like, <laughs> oh no, this will oh, end no. well. <sighs> that face smash was uh, pretty intense. Like I said, I think I think this movie did a great job with the visuals of, of psychedelic drugs, but I think one of the most terrifying parts is kind of the last 20 minutes or so when Christian is just totally paralyzed, can't Mm -hmm. speak, can't move. And you're kind of with him, you know, watching this whole thing go down, watching his uh, girlfriend, probably ex at that time, um, (laughs) kind of on stage, you know, shrouded in flowers while you're like, what? It is the worst trip you could ever have. It is one 
terrible trip. Like not being able to like not being able to move and whatever they gave him. But also if you're hallucinating while that's the case. And I think he did a great job in terms of his, his physical acting, his face and his eyes during the second half of the movie, after he's been pretty heavily drugged, it seems like Mm -hmm. he is, he just looks terrified for the entire second half of this movie. Just not scared. Like he's going to get hurt or anything like that, but just, has no idea what is going on and what is happening. And it's kind of, I think, a reflection of his actual life and that he is not doing anything with his mm-hmm. life. He's not making decisions. And it was kind of interesting to see him physically play that as well. Yeah, like his inaction is kind of, it's that's the, the core problem. Mm-hmm. That's like his downfall to begin mm-hmm. with. And yeah, it's he literally and, dies not being able to move. Yeah. And it, like even his face in, the, in that sex scene too, like when he's looking around, you can tell he's just like, what the fuck? That's not, I don't, I don't think that was a positive experience for him. Right. You know, it's, he was Absolutely given the not, stuff yeah. that they say, you know, it will, uh, it will put down your defenses or something like that. They say. And so I think he's just so at that point when he's walking around and going in there. So whatever they gave him has made him just want to be guided and they are guiding him exactly the way they want him to go. And he's just kind of, until he runs out of there and doesn't know what to do and runs around naked with it. And I see, of course, whatever they give to him to influence him is not a real thing. So we don't actually know like, what the properties of it would actually be. Have but you ever heard of scopolamine, actually? No, I'm not. Is, there's that, a, is that a thing? It is a thing. Works that way? There's a 60 Minutes thing I watched probably like six years ago on scopolamine. Because <laughs> it's big in Brazil, but you can blow it in people's faces. And they're incredibly suggestible. So people do that and they say, oh, you should empty out your checking account. And people go, oh, yeah, okay. And do it. And it's like... Interesting. Terrifying. I feel like since he's really the only character who we see this done to in this movie, it's mm-hmm. very tough to know how different people would react yeah. to the same kind of thing. But I, what I get from it is that based on his face, it's like he fully understands that what he's doing is wrong. But he, the, part, right. the part when he's at the table and he gets up to yep. go into the room, mm-hmm. it's almost like his leg, like he doesn't even want to lift he it, doesn't. but he does. He doesn't. And it's like... I feel like he's the kind of person who's so go with, yes, go with the flow avoid confrontation. He, at that point he knows my options are to go along with this village or die. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and do this. Exactly. But it's, it's, it's just so interesting that it's like, I feel like there's something to be said there about this is the kind of guy who like the the way he was before he went to Sweden. Yeah. He was the kind of guy who could be talked into doing something. He just, he had no, he had no path. He had, he, he really didn't believe a drift. Yeah. A drift. I, uh, yeah, I, f- I, I feel like, you know, you're, you're sitting at, you know, what's funny actually is if he, he went along with the cult, which, you know, he could be trying to join that family as well. Obviously he still has a lot more to go back home for. Probably wouldn't want to, mm-hmm. um, cause he didn't have the same kind of trans, you know, that incredible, like, terrible experience that, uh, Florence did. But, uh, he's following the traditions and rules of the cult by having sex. He's doing what they want, following the rules, doing the traditions, but because she sees him and knows what he's done, you know, that's why she, I think eventually rules for her votes for him to be killed. But Mm -hmm. had she not, do you think that those two would have kind of, had she not seen, I feel like he would have kind of become part of the, of the family there as well. I think that she probably would not have chosen him as the sacrifice, but I still think they would have slowly, I think that this drifting apart would have kind of happened inevitably. I think yeah. that the way it happens is very dramatic and it's mm-hmm. a very huge moment for her. Mm-hmm. And so that's, it's so striking that it's like, it sticks with her. And so that's why she's like, all right, I'm done. I'm cutting this off. Yeah. But like, 
I don't think that they were going to be a happy couple in this village at all. Yeah, I don't think that, but it doesn't seem like there are even, you know, couples really there or I don't know. It seems like, you know, if because it is just so tradition based and oriented, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like they could have coexisted, but separately, but just kind of. I think you make a good point about like, because she's been through that experience, obviously that's, that's why this appeals to her so much, this new life. And it's like, the people who this village is interested in bringing in are ones who have nothing to go back to mm-hmm. like how uh pell his family died yeah. and so they brought him in and it's mm-hmm. like that's why pell knows when he is talking to danny like in the apartment before they go to sweden how he's like so excited to have her there because yeah. he, he knows he's like oh my god this is a perfect candidate we need his, to bring her his in. face when she says there's that so christian kind of tells his friends that they're going and he is his spine straightens and he kind of you can tell just how eager and happy he is that she is going to be coming. Uh-huh. And it's fun. The other guy who brought outsiders, the two British people yeah. gets killed for bringing in outsiders or sacrificed, I guess it's you know, not, not against his wishes. Uh, but if she wouldn't have been the May queen, I think that same thing would have happened to Pell as well. Yeah. Do you have much else to say about this movie before we wrap things? Up? I don't know. I just feel like we can talk shop on it all day. There's just, uh, <sighs> I feel like we're never going to know really there's, I don't know how to interpret it still. I got to go see it again. I'm going to go see it again tonight. Let's uh, book our tickets for that showing. And in the meantime, you are listener can find all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple podcasts, anchor.fm or wherever else you find your podcasts. That's right. And if you uh, like what you hear, want to support the show, feel free to leave us a review. We are currently rocking a uh, 100% five star review on iTunes. Uh, So that's pretty neat. So thank you to Kevin's mom for that. And you can grab some of your very own Fast Food Film Friends merch at fastfoodfilmfriends.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Fast Food Film Friends, Twitter at FFFF Podcast, Facebook Fast Food Film Friends, email us even at fastfoodfilmfriends at gmail.com. Until then, farewell. farewell.